So when you're speaking with a Jewish person, you have the opportunity to share your faith with somebody who is Jewish. Do not refer to the Old Testament as the Old Testament. Refer to it as the Tanakh. And um, uh, so tonight we're going to see the seed through Isaac, Jacob, and Judah. Uh, we started um, by seeing that the very first prophecy uh, in the Bible, Genesis 3.15, that centered around the coming seed of woman who would one day defeat the devil. We then followed that promise given to Adam and Eve through to Abraham and its fulfillment in Christ. Today we'll follow that seed from Abraham to Judah. Now, um, one thing we have to understand when we read the Bible and we get to genealogies, okay? A lot of times we get to the genealogies and we say, oh, these are so boring and I can't understand all these names and I can't pronounce them. Don't worry about pronouncing them. But you know, they're very, very, very important. They're there for a reason because that's our Savior's family tree. And that is also the fulfillment of these promise, this promise all the way from, from Genesis 3.15. Uh, it, it, we, we saw already in Luke's um, genealogy that he gives, Luke traces the genealogy all the way back to Adam, right? Genesis 3.15. And Matthew's genealogy traces the uh, Jesus's um, family back to Abraham to show that he is the fulfillment of the promise. So we've already dealt with the word seed and in its singular form, and we're going to follow that seed. Um, some people call it the scarlet thread, whatever it may be, but we're, you may call it, but we're going to follow that line through the Old Testament. So notice the seed through Isaac. Now we left off last time with Abraham, okay? And tonight we're going to look at uh, Abraham through Judah. So the seed through Isaac, Genesis 15. Abraham and Sarah had no children. And Abraham and Sarah were well advanced in years. Okay, Well beyond, even though people in Bible times lived longer than us, um, it was obvious from the text and reading the text that they were well beyond childbearing years. Okay, and, and it says in Genesis 15, starting in verse 1, And after these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and, and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram uh, said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of mine house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and it was counted to him for righteousness. So we see a bit of Abram's faith here, Abraham's faith. But, but in Bible times, if one did not have an heir, 
the steward of his house would be the one who would carry on his name. So Abraham said to God, is, is this how you're going to bless me? Are you going to bless me through Eleazar? And God said, no, you are going to have a child. And he believed them. And uh, the process of time went on, okay? Uh, you know, for some 25 years from the first time he heard this promise till he came. 25 years is a long time. What year, uh, quick mathematicians, what year was 25 years ago? 98, right? 1998. That was a long time ago, you know? And uh, um, so, so Abraham and Sarah, though, took matters into their own hands, and they had Ishmael. Look at chapter 16, verse 16. Abraham was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. Okay, so, so some time passes on. He's fourscore and six. He's 86. He's 75 when he's promised. So 11 years go on. And, and so Adam, um, I'm sorry, Abraham and Sarah take matters into their own hands, and Ishmael is born. And Ishmael, um, Israel has had problems with Ishmael and his descendants since that day, okay? Today, the Arab people are the descendants of Ishmael, okay? And, and so from that day, uh, there has been problems. In the prophecy, we didn't read it, but in the prophecy concerning Ishmael, um, God told, told uh, Hagar, his mother, that he will be a wild man. He will live in the presence of his brethren. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand will be against him. And that's a pretty good description of the Arab-Jewish conflict through the years. <clears throat> but God's promise to Abraham was fulfilled in Isaac. Look at chapter 21. Chapter 21, following the seed. Genesis 21, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son which was born unto him, whom Sarah bare him, Isaac. Isaac means laughter, okay? And, uh, uh, and Abraham uh, circumcised his son, Isaac being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. So here is Abraham, some 25 years later, able to see the fulfillment of, of God's promise. And through this little boy, Isaac, whose name means laughter, God would make of Abraham, number one, a great nation, but from that great nation, there would be one particular seed that would bless all the nations of the world. Okay? So, you know, remember, God had promised to Abraham, look at the stars, count the sand up. This is how many children, you know, are going to come from, from your loins. What a promise that is. So God now fulfills his promise to Abraham, and he gave him a son named Isaac. What about Isaac? God's promise through Isaac. 
Genesis 21:12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman in all that Sarah has said unto thee. Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now we know that uh, Ishmael and Isaac, Isaac is a few years older, let's see, 86, 14 years older than, than his brother, and, uh, and, and, and he was mocking him, right? And, 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 and so it got Sarah upset, and Sarah said, get rid of him. And of course, Abraham is kind of in a hard place because it's his son. And, and God, though, confirmed to Abraham that it's Isaac I'm going to bless you through, not Ishmael. Okay? So the promise is through Isaac. And notice the fulfillment of this in Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11. The seed through Isaac. Hebrews 11, verse 17 by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So here, Paul in the New Testament sheds a little bit of light and gives us commentary on the Old Testament. What was going through Abraham's mind when he was told to offer Isaac? Well, we don't really see that in Genesis. But we're told in Hebrews that here's what was going through Abraham's mind. God promised me that he was going to bless me through Isaac. And if I have to offer Isaac, then God must will raise Isaac up. That's what was going through Abraham's mind to show his faith. But I want us to see that now we have seen the seed go from Abraham to Isaac. Now Isaac, through Jacob, Isaac and Rebekah gave birth to Jacob and Esau. Look at chapter 25 back in Genesis. Genesis 25. Verse 19, <clears throat> and these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Padanaram, the sister of, uh, to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Now, how old was he when he married her? 40, okay? She's not having any children. Sounds similar, uh, you know, to his father. He's 40 years old. He prayed, and the children, she, and she conceived, and the children struggled together within her, and she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, two nations, okay? So here's a double answer to Isaac's prayer. Two nations are in thy womb, and two manners of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people. The older shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came, he, uh, came his brother out, 
and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was threescore year old when she bare him. So how many years did he pray for children? 20 years, right? Esau, Edom, the Edomites, his name means red, he's red and hairy, right? And uh, uh, Jacob means heel grabber. Interesting, you know, names that they named their, their kids back then. But, um, uh, and, and, and I just find it comical, we're not gonna get into it tonight, but the, the account where Jacob uh, tricks his brother out of his birthright, and, and his father, who can't see, you know, they, they put goat hair on him. And he kind of, you know, that's that just one of those comical stories from, from the Bible. But, but what I want us to see, that Isaac and Rebekah give birth to Jacob and Esau. Who is the older? Esau, okay? So, theoretically, Esau should be the heir. But God, even before they're born, tells Rebecca that the, younger, the older will serve the younger. Okay? So, so God chooses Jacob, chapter 28, verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took the stones of that place and set them for his pillows and lay, his, lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up, uh, up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angel of God ascending and descending on it. Behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac. The land wherein thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad, abroad to the west, and to the east, to the north, to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all place whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. So again, same words. Same words to Abraham, to Isaac, and now to who? Jacob. It's interesting, this past Sunday, uh, I, I preached at the, at the church plan at Winnesquam. I, I preached a message about um, the Sadducees who came to Jesus asking a question. And, and he said, I am... Um, he, he, they did not believe in the resurrection, right? And he said that God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. When Moses saw Abraham, I'm sorry, when Moses saw God at the burning bush, he said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, uh, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I'm the God of the living, not the dead, showing that they lived. And they, even though they were no longer on earth, they were very much alive. Here he tells Jacob, I'm the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. I'm the God of your grandfather and your father. They're with me now, but, you know, so, so we see this. Again, New Testament light shed in the Old Testament. That was just an extra for you tonight, free of charge. So the seed through Jacob is fulfilled in Romans chapter 9. 
I think Pastor Andrew is just about finished in Romans. And you've got to put on your thinking cap and go back a bit. But uh, Romans 9, 13, uh, the Bible says, For it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. So God chose that the seed would come through Jacob. Okay? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is, uh, his name was changed to Israel by God, right? His, his name was changed from trickster to prince, okay? And he is the patriarch. He is the father of the 12 patriarchs. And the seed through Judah. So notice Jacob had 12 sons by two wives and two concubines. Uh, Genesis 35. The, the trickster was tricked. We're not going to get into all that with his, uh, his wife. Uh, but, but um, you know, of course, uh, there was Leah and, uh, and, and, and his, his wife that he loved, um, Rachel. He was tricked, thought he was marrying Rachel, but he married Leah. And back then, along with your wife, came their, their handmaids. And he had quite a life. I want to talk about a dysfunctional family. I, I love the account in, in, in the end of Genesis when he meets Jacob and uh, when he meets um, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, tell me about your life. He says, oh, my life's been hard. You know? And sometimes you see, you know, he's coming home from work and, and this, son com this wife comes out and says, I bought you tonight. You know, you're mine. And, and being torn in so many, not, not of course God's plan, but God works with sinful people. Okay, so but notice his children. Jacob had 12 sons by two wives and two concubines. Look at Genesis 35. Look at the end of verse 22. Now the sons of Jacob were 12. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's handmaid, Dan and Naphtali. The sons of Zilpha, Leah's handmaid. Gad, Asher, these are the sons of Jacob, which were born to him in Padanaram. So, um, so he has 12 children, and, and we're told at least of one daughter, okay? Um, but, but now, who would this seed come through? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, which of the 12? Which of the 12? Well, in chapter 49... We see a brief prophecy from Jacob as he's dying, and he says this concerning Judah in Genesis 49, 8 to 12. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Okay? Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. I think that's a reference back all the way to Genesis 3.15. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. That's interesting. Okay. Of course, the kingly line is who? Judah. Right. Judah is a lion's whelp or a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion. And as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter. Uh, a king holds a scepter. The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. 
That word Shiloh means tranquil, peace. It's a messianic title. So what is, what is Jacob telling his sons? That the Messiah is going to come through Judah. Okay? And, and, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine, and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. This is a sign of wealth, okay? And his eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. This is a sign of health. So is this fulfilled? How is this fulfilled? Remember I started by saying the, the genealogies are very important. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. The first two verses. The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judas. Judah, the Hebrew way of saying it, and his brethren. So here we see the seed. So far now we have seen the seed go all the way from Genesis 3.15, from Eve through Seth and uh, um, on all the way now to Judah. Look at what it says Paul tells us in Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, verse 14. <clears throat> For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Now in this chapter, Paul is talking about Christ being prophet, priest, and king. How could you be a priest and a king when the priestly tribe of Judah, I'm sorry, uh, when the priestly tribe of Israel was Levi and the kingly tribe was Judah? How could he be a priest and a king? Well, he was a king through Judah, but he was a priest through Melchizedek, okay? And that's a whole another study for another day. But he sprang from, who does Paul say he sprang from? Judah. Okay? And one last verse to look at. Revelation 5.5. 5. This takes us all the way back to the Genesis 49 passage. Um, Revelation 5.5 5 says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of... Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So, it's very important, genealogies. It's very important, you know, you know and, and there's, lately there's been all this hype about, you know, Ancestry.com and all this stuff and, you know, uh, uh, spit in a cup and send it away and they, they take your G DNA and they tell you where you're from and, and, and you know, then the government forever has your uh, DNA, but that's a story for another day. And uh, so, um, but, but, you know, all, all of this is so vitally important for us because it proves that Jesus is who he says he is. And why is this important for the Jewish people? Because if we have an opportunity, we can sit down and take them through all these verses and show them, look, 
Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these prophecies that are in your Tanakh, in your Bible. He's the fulfillment. And, um, and of course, it, it, it bolsters and strengthens our faith because if, if all of these prophecies were filled, fulfilled to the T concerning Christ's first advent, his first coming, you think God's going to change his mind about his second coming? Of course not. If, if God has promised that he will come, he will come. And when, when, when Jesus told the disciples, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me, you know, I, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Okay? So, so this is exciting. And, and another reason why I, I, I don't follow um, Reformed um, theology, because Reformed theology goes from believing in literal um, prophecy fulfillment for the first advent, but then they allegorize everything for the second advent and spiritualize. So, you know, it's much better to take a very Jewish approach from the, of, the, of the scriptures and see these fulfillments. Okay? Any, uh, Alex, you can, you can cut that. Any questions on tonight's lesson?